WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into sound. You're tuned in to 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. I'm Kyle Long from Nouveau Newsweekly, and this is Cultural Manifesto. Lots of excellent music and conversation ahead on tonight's show. Up first, the legendary New Orleans musician, Dr. John, will join me via telephone for a quick chat in advance of his concert this Saturday, November 19th at the Palladium. And later on in the broadcast, I'll be joined by Benjamin Fowler of Bloomington, Indiana's amazing Jefferson Street Parade Band. They have a new album coming out. It's titled Viral, and we'll be listening to some tracks off that record tonight. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating 100 years of service. They call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Then we're tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best, they call me the greedy man. Got many clients come from miles around, running down my prescription. I got medicine to cure all y'all's ills. I got remedies of every description. I got Got a bad woman you can't control. I got just the thing for you. Something called controlling on some get-together drops. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, try my easy life rub or put some of my balls fixed jam in your breakfast. Try a little bit of head now. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. The legendary New Orleans musician, Dr. John, will be performing in Carmel, Indiana, this Saturday at the Center for the Performing Arts. And tonight, he joins us via telephone. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Dr. John, man. Thank you so much for speaking with me. It's an honor to have a chance to chat with you today. Yeah, you're right. Man, I had a question for you first. Uh, might sound like a left field question, but I'm calling you from here in Indianapolis. And uh, we had a great musician here by the name of Leroy Carr, who played piano and recorded blues tunes with Scrapper Blackwell. They originated that tune, How Long, How Long Blues, back in the 1930s. And I know you've recorded that song or performed it a few times, once with Eric Clapton. I'm curious if by any chance Leroy Carr was a musician who you ever kind of spent any time with, or is in terms of listening to his music or kind of getting any influence from his piano. I Loved this guy's uh, uh, music, and I thought he was a, a bad son of a gun. Okay, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, you're here in Indianapolis. You're going to be here touring on your uh, lo- tribute to Louis Armstrong, right? Right. And I read uh, that the concept for this album came to you in a dream. That Louis Armstrong visited you in a dream and told you to make this record. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. I'm curious about this dream you had. You know, after you woke up the next morning, after being visited by Louis Armstrong, what was your thought process about this? I didn't know what to think, but I, 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 I just, 
I, I was I, I put it on hold for, for for the time being, and I did what I had to do to th- that day. I started thinking about it the next night, and that was uh, hey. And Lewis told me something good. And had you thought about making an album in tribute to him prior to this, or that was just no where it all began? I had not thought of that. I had no idea in my head or on my brain that we would do something like this. How do you feel it turned out? Do you think he'd be proud of what you did and how it all came together? I think I would be grateful to see him in the celestial realms that be that and see uh, he took that record, you know? Yeah. So much of your early music incorporated the themes of voodoo music, and how deeply were you into that at the time, and is it something you still believe in and practice at all? I I, I try to do the best uh, voodoo that I could do, and that's a, a blessing. Some some point of time, Everything I did was based on a voodoo, but I I grew out and passed that. That was a a a, 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 tr- a true blessing to me. Was it ever part of your personal beliefs? Is it still a part of your personal beliefs, or was it more just you were working with the tradition of music surrounding the culture? Yeah, I I, I, I was working with within the. The, the musical culture that was surrounding it. You know, the New Orleans and Louisiana has been through a lot of turmoil recently, and a lot of the the great uh, artists that have upheld the traditions there are, have passed in recent times, from Bo Dallas to Stanley Doral to Alan Toussaint. I'm curious how you feel about the future of, of music in, in New Orleans and Louisiana. Do you st- see that the roots are still there and that there's another generation that's going to move this into the future after we're all gone? I, I believe that. I, I will totally say I believe that. I always trusted that uh, any way that you could deal with New Orleans music, it was good. Excellent. And, you know, you've played on a lot of records that I don't think people associate with the type of music you specialize in. You played with Frank Zappa. You played with uh, this British group called Spiritualize. You played on a record that they made in the 90s, I believe, that a lot of people still regard highly. I'm curious, what do you listen to these days that, you know, what's on your playlist at home or when you're traveling? A lot of times, I don't don't listen to any music, but Sometimes I do listen to music, and I love to, to hear something that's fresh. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from, but I know it's fresh. Yeah, and finally, I just wondered if you have any thoughts or memories of being in Indianapolis throughout the years. I don't know if you came here too much. We had a pretty good jazz scene going here in the 60s and 70s. I wondered if you ever had a chance to kind of play any of the kind of Chitlin circuit or any of those types of venues through Indianapolis? I, I remember working the, the uh, Chitlin circuit way back in the game. Do you remember coming and, through Indy at all? Mm-hmm. I had uh, a, a, a great memory of working the Chitlin circuit back in the game. I don't remember where I was, but... I, I, I remember being there in the days of the Chitlin Circuit. Sure, sure. Well, man, is there anything you want to let folks here know about your show coming up, Dr. John? I would, I would love for them to know that we're going to do the baddest show we can do, and we're going to do what we can do to, to, to get people to go out and spend their money. Dr. John, man, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. I'm, it's an honor, man, and thank you for so much for all the incredible music you've made throughout the years, man. I'm such a huge fan and appreciate you so much, man. All right, my dog. All right, I'll see you in Indianapolis, man. Take care. All right. All right, I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI. 
We've been joined via telephone by the legendary New Orleans musician, Dr. John. You can find my full interview with Dr. John in this week's edition of Nuvo. And you can catch Dr. John live in Indiana this Saturday, November 19th at the Center for the Performing Arts in Carmel. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trip, but it must have used the wrong call. Hit us in a bad place. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. My guest tonight is percussionist Ben Fowler, founder of Bloomington, Indiana's fantastic Jefferson Street Parade Band. Ben, thank you for being here. Thank you, Kyle. And Ben, the Jefferson Street Parade Band have an excellent new album out titled Viral, and we're going to be listening to some tracks off that record tonight. But first, I want to explain what the Jefferson Street Parade Band is all about. It's a totally unique music group. Although the group does perform in conventional venues, you are indeed a parade marching band. Yes, when we need to be, we are fully mobile. We, uh, we, there are a lot of brass bands in the world, but we happen to be one that has an electric guitarist and an electric bass player. And we, uh, we've rigged up some backpack amplifiers that run on batteries. And, uh, and uh, they're not half bad. They're, they're pretty good and loud, pretty rich sounding. We've been, we've been tweaking the designs. I think we're on the third incarnation of the bass amp design and we've we've worked through two or three different three or four different guitar amps over the years we had an we had an amplified keytar for a while yeah we 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 try to try to keep it uh keep exploring what's possible with bringing instruments to the streets where we can move around with them yeah it's definitely an incredible scene when you guys are performing in your parade formation it's amazing and not only is jefferson street parade band a parade marching band. You're a parade marching band that plays an incredible, diverse array of music, music that mixes traditions of New Orleans brass bands with music traditions from Eastern Europe, West Africa, Latin America, jazz, rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I leaving anything out? Um, I think the only thing I would add to that is that some of a lot of the music that we've fallen in love with over the years from Oh, from Colombia or from West Africa or from Eastern Europe. It's like a lot of it ends up being folk music with just melodies that you just can't you can't forget. You know, melodies that really stick with you. And we've we've um, we've had a whole lot of fun bringing some of those rhythms and some of those melodies to this uh, instrumental format. Ben, you started out playing, you know, fairly conventional rock music. You're in a band called The Delicious. It's not Yes. So I know the question you always get is, why did you decide to form a marching band? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I loved the band, The Delicious. I played in a bunch of good rock bands back in the day. I was a drum set player. Um, I was. I grew up loving rock and roll. I um, I went to the Indiana University School of Music, the Jacobs School of Music, um, and studied jazz drumming over there. Um, studying jazz was the only way to study drum set. And so that's why I studied jazz. In the process, I very much, toward later years of high school and throughout college, I found a lot of jazz music that I really love. So that was that was definitely an eye-opening experience and a lot of learning on the instrument. I definitely benefited greatly from studying with Steve Houghton over there and, and um, learning some jazz harmony and some classical harmony and theory and... Uh, 
so anyway, alongside all that all that jazz playing at school, the whole time what was really keeping me sane was playing rock and roll with the Delicious and with Kentucky Nightmare and with the names and um, various bands through the years down in Bloomington. And uh, when I got out of college, the next day after graduation, I went on tour for five weeks with Kentucky Nightmare. And then I got home for two days and I went on tour for two and a half weeks with the Delicious. And then I got home for about two days and then I went and played drum set on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean for about six weeks. So I was playing, playing a lot of music, playing a lot of drums and, and, um, rock and roll has a lot that's so beautiful about it and a lot that's kind of dark about it. A lot of rock and roll is very formulaic at this point. And I think that that affects things in a lot of different ways. But one of the ways that I saw was that what I felt, you know, I felt like I was touring with a really, really good band. We were booking the shows ourselves. We were traveling around the southern and eastern USA, mostly um, up to Chicago sometimes, playing music that we were, you know, really digging into and doing it, doing it well. And, and, uh, and night after night, there would be exceptions, but a lot of nights people in, you know, the bars that we were playing at just would hardly raise an eyebrow. And it's like, okay, we have a singer who plays guitar. We have keyboard and bass and drum set and it's not that new things can't be done with those instruments and they certainly are being done with those instruments you know as the years go by but it's really easy for people to think a lot more about having another drink or watching the game on the tv or who they might go home with or whatever's on their mind than it is you know there's like there's enough that's predictable that people don't get too excited about being, you know, hearing some random band on the road that they've never heard before. And I guess that eventually got to me. It was like, this is exhausting. I love what I'm doing. And I feel like, um, I feel like I'm playing to a wall, you know, far too much of the time. There's got to be another way to reach people. There's got to be another way to, um, you know, take music, which is such a powerful thing, and and uh, and allow it to be powerful. I don't know. So we, I got back from a fair amount of traveling that summer and through the next year or so, and got to where I was um, playing locally more and and waiting tables a lot. And and winter came around, and I had the idea. There's this woman named Sophie Fott, who a lot of you Indianapolis music lovers might know of from her years of gigs at the chatterbox yeah, and the jazz chatterbox kitchen staple, yeah. yeah yep anyway winter of two th- like november or december of 2008 i had the idea while i was waiting tables at twiddling my thumbs waiting for the lunch rush to come in or whatever i had the idea what about what about getting a brass band together seeing if sophie's interested because it'd be killing if she was playing horn find a few more horn players i thought i have this basement full of parts of drum sets we could string up a bunch of toms and work on some of those West African drum rhythms that I love so much and, and put together some interesting music. And by the time spring comes around, maybe have a band that could take it to the streets and see what happens, you know? So I guess those months after I was done at the music school, I was missing, you know, not playing with horn players hardly at all. I was tired of playing in bars where I felt like it just wasn't connecting with people. And, uh, and yeah, the idea popped into my head. I texted Sophie. She didn't write me back, so I, uh, I figured, well, we'll see. But then the next day she wrote me back and she said, yeah, let's give this a shot. And so it went from there. Yeah, and as I mentioned, I've had a chance to see you guys play so many times, and it always fascinates me. There's kind of like two stages of interest from the audience. At first, they're just kind of curious about the spectacle, and then there's this moment of realization that – you guys are really great musicians, and you really have. A, there's a lot of charisma in the playing, and, and incredible improvisation. And I can't emphasize enough what a tremendously fun group this is to experience live. And we have the next Thank best you. thing tonight. We're going to be listening to some of the excellent recordings you've made over the years. As I mentioned, you have a new album coming out November 18th. It's called Viral, and we're going to be playing several tracks off that album tonight. But first, I wanted to give folks an introduction to your back catalog. You have two excellent albums. This is your third album, right, Viral? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And your first record, is it Juntos? Juntos, that's right. It was released in 2012. Mm -hmm. An excellent record. And one track I really love off that record is Mexican Hip Dance, and I want to play that now. But uh, tell folks about this track, Ben. This is a jazz tune 
written by Horace Silver. It uh, came out on an album of his called The Jody Grind. Uh, came out in the mid '60s, I believe. I could be a little a little off on that, but um, uh, this is one that Matt Romy wrote the arrangement of. It's a it's a it's one of those jazz tunes that has a very deliberate drum pattern. There's so many jazz songs where the uh, the rhythm section keeps it nebulous and keeps keeps a lot of interaction determining what they're playing, a lot of listening and reacting. But this is one that just has a, a really infectious groove that they, on the original recording and on our recording, I think gets people moving right off the bat. And it, and um, I don't know much what else to say. This is a This is one that we still love to play live, that's for sure. Yeah, this is the Jefferson Street Parade Band with Mexican Hip Dance. listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. My guest tonight is percussionist Ben Fowler, founder of the Jefferson Street Parade Band. You guys have a new album coming out November 18th. It's titled Viral. And at the top of the show, I was listing all the different genres and influences the band encompasses. And it occurs to me there's one I left off, a Ah. huge one, Jamaican music. Yeah. And your second album, which came out in 2015, was titled Consultation with Tubby, named in homage to the the great genius of Jamaican dub music, the producer King Tubby, right? That's right. Why did you decide to create this album in tribute to King Tubby, or at least the title? Yeah, well, we we grabbed that title from a a song of mine that and the song is called consultation with tubby because i was i was just listening to a lot of king tubby when i wrote it it was um 
I wrote it on the bass. Wrote, uh, I had a drum groove in mind, and I and I was kind of recorded this drum beat and was just playing along with it a lot and and settled on this bass line. And I I couldn't call it anything else. You know, it doesn't exactly sound like a reggae track. You know, it doesn't sound exactly like a dub track. But that's where it was. You know, that's where it's. Uh, that's what was filtering through my ears at the time. You know, in a big way. Another track off that LP that I, I, I want to play that I love, one of my favorite songs, it's an old bossa nova song from Brazil, Canto de Xango, and you guys do this really innovative arrangement of it that I would have never expected to hear this with these brass voices kind of carrying the song. As you mentioned, I think your bass player, Matt Romy, wrote this arrangement. Tell That's us correct, a, yeah. Tell Matt, us about this arrangement. I first heard Baden-Powell through an old friend of mine named Graham Campbell. He uh, He's a guitarist that I went to high school with. Um, we played in a in our first rock band of our lives. This band called Cardboard. We played in Cardboard together back when we were like starting when we were like fourteen. And um, Graham is a is a jazz guitarist based in Toronto now. Um, anyway, I caught up with him when he was visiting sometime, and he and he showed me this this Baden Powell album, which I believe was recorded in ninety or ninety one. I've since heard other versions of Canto de Shango, but this is the one that really floored me. It has, in the original, there's a choir, there is a flute, maybe two flutes, there's an upright bass, there's a beautiful bunch of percussion, um, and of course, guitar and vocals that are just haunting, and, and um, Romy and I both fell in love with that album, and, and uh, years later, talked about bringing it into the band, and um, there's a lot to distill out of that recording, like I said, I've heard other versions of of Baden back in year, you know, decades previous playing it. Um, and any in the one that we kind of worked off of, it was we don't have any flute players. We kind of we had to figure out what to what to put where. But we we in playing that song live and tinkering with the arrangement a bit, we I think we ended up with a pretty just a rich. It's one of our lush most lush rich tunes. Yeah, it all it all kind of percolates at the end. It all it all settles down and then kind of swells into some chaos at the end. It's a really fun, really fun moment to hear. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I love this version. This is uh, Jefferson Street Parade Band with their version of the Bossa Nova classic, Canto Gishengo. Thank you. 
Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI Public Radio. And I'm excited to have as my guest tonight Ben Fowler. He's a percussionist and founder of one of my favorite bands, honestly, Jefferson Street Parade Band, an amazing group based in Bloomington, Indiana. And they have a new album out titled Viral. It's coming out November 18th. And we're going to listen to some tracks from that album now, Ben. And it's a great sounding album. I think it's maybe your best sounding album yet. And you told me that, that you kind of had a different approach to the production this time, right? That's correct. Yeah, we've this is our third album. We recorded it right around Christmas time last year. And um, with our first two albums, we recorded them as live as we could. We got in a big circle for the first album, the entire band, and tracked for an entire day. And we tracked the entirety of Juntos that day there were maybe two people who had to overdub some parts who couldn't be there the whole time but we wanted to do it live because we figured there's a lot of interaction that's possible that way that keeps it i mean we you know we weren't sure none of us had ever recorded a parade band before but that was that felt right it was like let's do this all together uh let the solos be you know have some interplay and all of that and we did the second album in a very similar way we did the second album as live as we could a couple people had to do some overdubs but it was largely standing in a room together with a bunch of close mics and a couple room mics and just playing the songs and i think there's something really beautiful about that i think on that second album some of the some of the transitions from one solo to another you can just feel that second soloist being freaked out by that first solo and going somewhere they never would have gone and then that third soloist gets to go for it and it's there's something really beautiful about that but i i just had the thought you never know how long a band is going to last you never know how many albums a group will ever make there's so many factors and i figure we we don't want to just do the same thing over and over and over it's time to make a third album let's let's try this the other way and of course the other way that people make albums this day and age is to multi-track them to do a little bit at a time and keep stacking it up and so that's how we did this third album some of the solos were tracked while the ensembles were playing some of them were tracked after the fact i've been playing drums in this band the whole time but i i've actually been learning to play the saxophone for about 5 years now i have an alto that i that was given to me by um by an old friend and bandmate, Josh Lehigh. I've been making my way through learning the Jefferson Street songs, and so I was able to record saxophone on two songs of mine on that album, which was a, an incredible experience because I've just been learning as I go with that thing. But in any case, we made the album in, in, that, in that gradual, layered fashion, and we spent about eight months mixing it. I think the results are, are really satisfying. And Ben, up next I want to play uh, one of my favorite tracks off viral, Casca Bell. Uh-huh. Tell us about this song. One of our tenor saxophonists, Dylan Maloney, has traveled a lot in Latin America. He's spent a lot of time near Veracruz and studied Son Jarocho music. He's probably been traveling down there for two or three months at a time, I don't know, five or six times in the last three or four years. Um, and he... Not only does has he studied and learned to play that music, he's also been working with a um, a luthier down there and making guitars. He's he's I believe built two acoustic guitars while in Mexico, and also some of the traditional stringed instruments played in Son Jarocho music. There's one called a leona, which is a larger, more of like a bass instrument, and then there's a um, there's one called a harana, which is a relatively similar body size to a guitar. And he's made these instruments by hand. His the the luthier that he's studied with makes them the traditional way. Um, the leona and the harana that he has built were were hollowed out of a single piece of wood, as I understand it. A really really gradual process. So he's he's uh, got a lot of love for that music, and he's put a lot into it. And his most recent trip down there this past winter, he came back with a song that he he thought this is the one for Jefferson Street, and so. It's um, it's uh, it's called Cascabel. It's um, it's a beautiful melody. It's it's uh, it's Dylan's first stab at arranging a song for us, and it's yeah, that's the that's how it got to us. It's a really it's a really special one. Yeah, this is a great version of that tune. This is Jefferson Street Parade Band with Cascabel. <laughs> Thank you. 
Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI. My guest tonight is Ben Fowler of the Jefferson Street Parade Band. We're going through some tracks off his new record. It's titled Viral. It's coming out November 18th. And Ben, we were talking a little bit about the production process on uh, Viral, and you are like deeply invested in music production, right? Yes. Jefferson Street Parade Band now have a studio <laughs> carrying true. that name. Yeah, right? it, we, we have the Jefferson Street Music Studio down in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. And it, this is a kind of legendary studio that you're inhabiting, right? Yeah, this was the old Echo Park Studio B. There's a, there's a Studio A right next to us, and the guys from Blockhouse Media Productions who recorded our new album, they are now in the old Echo Park Studio A running their Blockhouse Studio A over there. And what was Studio B is now the Jefferson Street Music Studio. Mellencamp used to record at these studios. The Fray recorded a a gold record out there. Um, We found some old tapes over at Studio A, like two-inch reel-to-reel tapes of um, Binfold's Five, like jamming out songs that they hadn't finished writing yet. Really, really cool music has been made in those places. We had our our joint grand opening back in May. I believe it was May 15th, uh, just a few months ago. And my studio, the Jefferson Street Music Studio, is largely a teaching studio. Um, There are several rooms where people are teaching trumpet and voice, and I mostly teach drums over there, and there are piano teachers and saxophone teachers. And um, our angle on it is to fill that place with engaged, talented, creative musicians who are making good music and who can find some time to teach because, in my experience, musicians who are still turned on by music are the best people to be learning from. So I'm trying to inhabit that place with musicians that I want to have lessons with and who I want to hear their you know, their songs. That's part of what we're doing, and the other thing we're doing is uh, some recording work. It's off to a really good start. It's been a dream come true. Great, congrats. And I assume future Jefferson Street Parade Band albums will be coming out of the studio, right? Absolutely. And Ben, let's play the title track now of Viral. This this track uh, had sort of an Indian flavor to it. Am, am I mistaken? Is that intentional or am I reading into it? I think you would not be alone in reading that into it. I um, What I know of the the incarnation of this song or the, or the creation of this song is that our trumpet player, Aaron Comforti, who is a really wonderful multi-instrumentalist and a dangerous bike rider. I guess he uh, he has a penny whistle and he was biking along playing melodies on his penny whistle riding down the roads in Bloomington and he came up with this melody in that uh, in that mode. He was he was flying, you know, flying down the bike lane somewhere and this melody came to him. There's no telling what he was thinking or dreaming of, but I guess I could say that a penny whistle is pretty limited melodically, and it's pretty incredible that he he found a way into this really unusual mode, like melodic mode that uh, that I think probably takes some listeners to India, takes some listeners to some new places, uh, and he he got it out of a little a little stick of tin, you know. This is the title track off their new record, Jefferson Street Parade Band. This is viral. <laughs>
Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1. I'm joined tonight by percussionist Ben Fowler of Bloomington, Indiana's Jefferson Street Parade Band. We're listening to some tracks off their new record, Viral, which is coming out November 18th. And Ben, I appreciate you coming up to Indianapolis tonight to talk with me. And you don't live in Bloomington, right? You live... That's right. You told me you were off the grid. You live... Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Describe to us your current living situation. My partner Leah and I, we we had a really good thing going when we'd been together for about a year, and we and we figured we'd we'd really like to live together, and um, we weren't really able to find anything that made perfect sense around Bloomington. And then my mom lives down near Mitchell, Indiana, about about forty five minutes south of Bloomington, and she made the offer. She said, "What what if you guys came down here and built a little cabin, built a little built a little house of some kind, and and uh, lived in Mitchell, and." We thought about it, and it was a big fat yes. We said, "Yeah, let's change it up." Let's—I'd been living in Bloomington for ten years. Went to high school there. Went to college there. Uh, been out of college for a couple years, and and uh, we dove in. We we uh, Leah owned a ten foot by twelve foot canvas wall tent that had a port in it to put a stovepipe through. And we uh, that summer we moved into the tent. We moved into the big. We built a f- floor for it. Moved into this big canvas tent, and. Um, that fall we started building building a house there's a there's a type of house it's it's called well there's a thing called straw bale building uh in which you construct the walls of a house out of you stack up a bunch of straw bales as though they were bricks of course they're much bigger than bricks and they end up providing a, a huge amount of insulation a really a really high insulation value it took us oh i think it took us the better part of 2 years and um we lived in the tent for almost the whole time that we built that house. We were able to move in and kind of finish it around us toward the end of that process. We made it through an Indiana winter, living in a tent with a little wood stove. It was pretty amazing. And uh, and now we live in this beautiful house that we built with our hands and built with our friends. And it does. it happens to be off the grid. People think a lot about that and think, wow, you guys are really, really trying to get away from it all. And it's, it really comes down to that we knew how to do a lot of things in building a house. We didn't know how to run electric and we didn't have a huge amount of money to work with. So we, there were a couple of things that we just thought, well, it's going to be way nicer than living in this tent. Let's just, let's just not plug it in. You know, well, if we want to later, we can. And, and, uh, we haven't looked back. It's been, it's been a really wonderful way to live. So that's it's where, a, yeah. Well, that's Mitchell, where we're at. Indiana? Mitchell, Indiana, yeah. out in the country. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming here tonight from Mitchell, Indiana. <laughs> You're welcome. It, yeah. And, and I want to play one last track off your new record, Viral. And I think this is the closing track on the album, Swamp. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And this is sort of like a bayou kind of flavor to this track. Tell us about Swamp. Swamp is, uh, I came up with this melody, I guess, in the summer of 2014, right after that first tour. And I wrote it on a, uh, I play a lot of guitar when I'm sitting around at home, and I wrote it on a, on a dobro on a, on like a slide guitar this is the first track that i've ever recorded with the parade band where i'm the i'm the melodic soloist i was really uh scared and and uh it was really fun and i'm really proud of it is a kind of a freer solo and uh and i actually got to record a little bit of slide guitar on it too um that's uh that's me on the slide guitar so yeah let's cue it up this is the jefferson street parade band with swamp
Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto on 90.1 WFYI. My guest tonight has been percussionist Ben Fowler, founder of Bloomington, Indiana's Jefferson Street Parade Band. We've been listening to tracks off Jefferson's new album, Viral, which is coming out November 18th. And Ben, you told me that this will be available on all the online streaming sites. People can find it for purchase on iTunes, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have a Bandcamp page. It's Jefferson ST Parade Band. Bandcamp.com. That's right. You can find us on Facebook. You can find our Bandcamp page. You can uh, you can watch all kinds of live videos and things on YouTube if you search our name on YouTube as well. So yeah, there's some great videos of you guys, and you did a session at uh, WTIU, right? A, a video yes, session. Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, yeah. we did. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. And Ben, I thank you so much for being here tonight. As I said, I'm like a tremendous fan of your band and have been for many years. So it was we've been trying to work out a time to speak with each yeah. other for the show for a while. So I really appreciate you taking time to be here, man. It was a, fantastic to have you here and share this music. Thank you so much, Kyle. It's good to it's good to tell a couple stories about some of these songs and, and just uh, really appreciate the venue to, to talk about what we're up to here. Thank you. And, and I want to put you on the spot and uh, pick a song to close this out tonight. It can be any song. It doesn't have to be one of your own, anything you want to share with folks. Mm, let's see. Any song at all. How about The Wind Cries Mary? Perfect. This is Jimi Hendrix with The Wind Cries Mary. My guest has been Ben Fowler, percussionist of the Jefferson Street Parade Band. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Thank you. After all the jets are in the boxes And the clowns have all gone to bed You can hear happiness staggering on down the street Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers very of yesterday's life Somewhere a queen is weeping Somewhere a king has no wife And the wind it cries very That's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you to my guests, Dr. John and Ben Fowler of the Jefferson Street Parade Band. You can catch Cultural Manifesto here on 90.1 Wednesday evenings at 9 and Saturday nights at 10. You can also find over four and a half years worth of columns I've written in the archives of Nouveau.net. I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation. Celebrating 100 years of service. Christ.